is the voice of the cake. The voice of the cake. The voice of the cake. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Syria with the Education in Daba program with your host this evening, Ridwan Ahmed and Yasira Adonis. Yes, alhamdulillah, it is Sunday, the 31st of May 2015. Uh, in any event, as we said, a reminder to our listeners that you can participate in the program by sending us your SMS to the number 47913 or you can give us a call in studio on the number 021442. 3530 and we're asking for comments you know around the issue of corporal punishment but also be fortunate now that we have in studio with us dr yusuf lalkan educational psychologist and as we said we're going to be speaking to doctor you know around the issue of children and hearing loss and then particularly the impact on learning now before i greet the doctor let me just say that i have received an sms from five double nine eight and it says assalamu alaikum attended a naptosa workshop at golden grove Motivating the apathetic learner Cannot wait to share with colleagues And that comes from Rushana Fisher A very big shukran there to Rushana Fisher Yasira, you will know that is Yasira Fisher's mom uh, She's an educator at I think Silver Stream. Stream Primary School Out in Mannenberg And glad she attended one of uh, the Neptosa workshops And I hope uh, you know that she found it um, well worth mm-hmm. And it seems like it because she's indicating that she cannot wait to share with colleagues So well then there to Rushana Fisher Well we have in studio with us Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist Dr. Assalamu alaikum Wa alaikum salam Ridwan and alaikum salam to you Yasira Wa alaikum salam Doc Okay uh, Doctor where do we start the whole discussion around um, children and hearing loss and the impact on learning Yes no Ridwan I think two weeks ago we had a caller who made reference to hearing loss in, in, in a question And it just reminded me of the importance of hearing in development and in in learning. Mm -hmm. I think the most common conversations between parents and children and between teachers and learners would go along the lines of, are you listening? Are you Mm. paying attention? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Um, So it highlights the fact that in order to communicate, in order to learn and to know, Hearing is an important part of that process. So that's the one thing that came to mind when I heard that question. The other one that I think struck me is the similarities between attention deficit disorder and hearing loss. loss. And the importance of us recognizing that it sometimes presents, um, hearing loss presents itself in a very similar way to an attention deficit. So um, I think it's important that both teachers and parents um, you know, know something about the whole issue about hearing loss, how to recognize mm. it first of all, um, and how to go about, uh, I think, addressing the um, uh, solutions to, to hearing loss. So for me, those are the, t- the important the sort important of uh, aspects around mm-hmm. hearing loss. And so, for example, if we, if we look at some of the, the behaviors that learners display mm-hmm. for attention deficit disorder that we know and, and, and are well versed in, it's the inappropriate responses yeah. to questions, the difficulty to complete group mm. assignments, the difficulty to do oral presentations, following directions, listening to instructions, uh, impulsiveness and acting out, 
talking all the time. All the time. Um, these are very typical of children with an attention deficit disorder. But these are also very similar for kids with a hearing loss. And so it almost seems that when we pick those up, we can, yes, we can think about ADHD or ADD. Yeah. But simultaneously, I would like to advise that we also consider the possibility of a hearing loss. No, I agree with Doc 100%. And I think, you know, the problem is what we're facing nowadays is in the old system, we used to have school nurses who came around regularly at primary school level. And in sub-A or substandard A, which we were when we were at school, you know, they addressed issues like, can you see properly? Is your hearing okay? Is your um, responses on par developmentally? How are you you're doing in this environment, in the schooling environment? And mm. are you able to emotionally cope? Yeah. With what needs to take place Absolutely. And then looking at your physical development You yeah. know with that as well yeah. as your sensory development But now what we see now is We don't have that school nurse coming around And checking mm. each and every child yeah. um, I remember she, you know they came With a white screen you would stand there um, They you know check your Reflexes check your hair check your Ears check your eyes and then the Recommendation would then go to your parents you know We've we've tested your child It seems like there is either hearing loss Or mm. vision um mm impairment you know take her or him to an audiologist or to an optometrist and i think that kind of helped children because they didn't sit with this impairment or barrier to learning for a period of time where it now became you know part of the character and behavior yeah. it was sorted immediately yeah. now when we look at children and i think we mustn't confuse auditory processing disorder um, with auditory processing yeah. Those are yeah. two different things um, But hearing loss We see a lot of children going for grommets yep. We see a lot of children You know going And they have conductive hearing loss Because yeah. of the wax build up etc and so on yeah. So we're not seeing children Who was in an accident that often You know presenting itself With a yeah. hearing impairment yeah. It's all things that could have been prevented mm -hmm. Things that we as parents Or you know the schooling community Could have made a recommendation for But the moment you describe the inner appropriate answers, the um, inability to follow and, and, and work through an oral discussion, you mm. know, um, not being able to follow up in the impulsivity, automatically the child comes to doc mm. and I think the child is ADD or ADHD. Mm. And, and we don't look further than that mm. around, along the sensory systems, what is taking What's place. And you know, at my school, I'm thinking, and, and you know, I speak under correction, we have about five learners mm. who have, you know, slight hearing mm. impairments. Mm. And, and mm. you're treating the child for ADHD. Mm. So mm. it's quite a, a good thing that Doc has brought up because mm. we don't really look at the symptoms and how they present itself. Yeah. We look yeah. at how do we fix it and treat it Absolutely. within the setting. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I think, and we 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 obviously trying to uh, to include a dimension of learning mm -hmm. that is that has been lost over a period of time. And you're quite right; there was a time when detecting for hearing loss was universal; it was regular; it happened yeah. sort of on a regular basis. Uh, nowadays, it seems to have taken uh, a backseat back into <coughs> all of the checks and balances that yes, we put in place for yes. learning. So, so what I'd like to do, and I'm sure there are thousands of teachers listening in tonight, is just run through a couple of scenarios, yeah. and 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 they can then on their side determine.
and whether what is presented in the classroom is in fact something similar. Mm-hmm. I think the one that we always talk about is the chatterbox. Yes. And one of the things that happens with a child with a hearing loss, they want to take charge of the environment. Mm. And one way to take charge of that environment is to talk because of the inability to listen. Yeah. And so they talk all the time so if you have a learner like that in the class it is worth checking up with the parent if there are other similar behaviors that could be indicative of a hearing loss yeah a child that in your classroom whenever you teach generally tends to the learner next to you to her and ask what did the teacher just say mm. mm-hmm. and it's easy to notice those learners in the class because everybody would be looking at you and what you're doing on the board and looking at your eyes but this learner will constantly turn to their neighbor and ask what did they say now, the first response of parents of teachers would be a child who is easily distracted mm-hmm. yes Dr. and Mark, that's not s- a child who is distracted that could potentially be a child who doesn't know what he's saying and needs to check up with a child next to them mm. can i just ask Mark, Dr. can i just ask then, uh, what about uh, sometimes if if i'm a child and i know that i have a possible hearing loss or whatever um that i come sit in front of the classroom you see the either one the child doesn't know he has a hearing loss okay. in fact he assumes that the level of hearing that he's receiving is pretty normal okay so he he believes everybody else has the similar difficulty so he sees nothing wrong in turning to his neighbor oh, there I will come a time when he realizes he's the only one turning to the uh, neighbor every time to say what he teaches to say which book must be take out mm, what page must be open mm. so when you look at that learner teacher will say he disturbs the class He's constantly talking to his friend. He doesn't pay attention, easily distracted. But it could very well be a learner who needs to know what is going on. The other sort of very common expression that you can pick up from a learner, if he has a strained look on his face. So while you're looking, he has a frown because he doesn't hear what it is that you are saying. And very often, again, we mistake that frown as one of, I don't know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm. But it could be, I don't know what you're saying. I can't hear what you're yeah. saying. So that kind of expression should be indicative of a learner. And of course, a learner watches your mouth and not your eyes. So yes. when you speak to them, yes. they don't look you in the eyes. They look at your mouth so they can make out from your lips what it is that you are alluding to. Then there's poor vocabulary. And then this kind of speech that I think is very common. And so learners with a hearing loss tend to not hear high frequencies like F and S and T's. Mm. And so they will not complete the sentence effectively. (laughs) So they will say, instead of my mommy bought a new dress, my mommy bought bought a Mm. dress. And it stops. And, and it stops. Like it a silent T. Okay, uh. Because he doesn't hear, <coughs> he doesn't hear the S's and he doesn't hear the T's, so he mumbles the words. Okay. And so immediately we think it's an articulation Election. problem mm. and a pronunciation problem. It's because he can't pick up the S's and the T's and the F's in the speech. Kids who substitute words in uh, uh, sounds in words, for example, and we know all of these, we think a motorbike is a motorbike. Because he can't hear the T's, he mm. can hear the K's, mm-hmm. but he can't hear the T's, so he talks about the mocha bike. And again, we say, you know, speak properly. Mm. What we don't understand is the child is not hearing the sounds properly. Okay. And we all know things like, a hospital is a hospital. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and once again, we think it's poor pronunciation, but that's the kind of sounds that they can't pick up. Read one. <laughs> now, okay, Dr. Shukran. Now, just my attention to the SMS line quickly. Uh, there's an SMS here from 5998, and it says, Assalamu alaikum. We are an inclusive. We are. 
We an inclusive school. Our grade R's had hearing screenings. Many had wax buildup, and a few was referred to Heidefeld Hospital, thanks to Warda from Astra. Um, mm. So, uh, do they have these screenings on a normal basis, Doc, or Yasira, from, from your side? Look, it's a, it's a request thing, Ridwan, and, um, you know, every school has their own way of how they manage things. Also, we do have school nurses in, in, in the system, but we don't have them designated to a specific school as we did back in the day. It was so ironic. I was assessing learners at Alpine Primary, and here my school nurse walks in, and she's part of the, of the CS team. Um, looking at you know what the learners would be using so she's still in the system and has been in the system since I was sub A but it's not as prominent as it was you can request you can make a request to um, the school clinic and they will obviously deploy or designate somebody to come and do that kind of screening and testing and it is available out there however our human resource is not what it used to be no. okay then there's an sms from eight double four seven and it says assalamu alaikum can we not have a mobile clinic coming around to the schools and that comes from brother sharif brother sharif shukran very much for you and our listeners for your participation to the program called education in daba here on the voice of the cape maybe doc uh, before we continue uh, maybe just a comment or oh, yasira you know I, I think it's a wonderful idea yeah, absolutely um, i mean any any kind of resource that we can use to assist our children um, if we're looking at conductive hearing loss you know that can be prevented now if I lose out on um, the consolidation and the concept development in grade R and in grade grade one I'm obviously going to struggle with reading in grade two and three and it's not because I have, you know, um, a, a barrier to um, learning or language barrier is because I didn't consolidate those um, prerequisites that I needed in order to develop my language appropriately according to my age and stage. And so the mobile clinic obviously would be a lovely mm. idea mm. if people could come out and screen children. Um, if you're looking at OT screening children, there isn't enough OTs in the system mm. to screen all our grade arts. But, you know, in a perfect world, that should effectively take place every child entering the system should be fully assessed and on that an inclusive education plan should be built mm. around how to help this child achieve its optimal functioning within the schooling environment. Okay, yeah. shukran for that, Yasira. You've taken us to an ad break, so on that note, we're going to go for a quick ad break, and when we come back, we'll continue with the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Welcome back to the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo with your host this evening, Ridwan Ahmed and Yasira Adonis. And as if you have just joined us, we are joined in studio by Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist. And we're speaking about hearing loss uh, within children and the impact on learning. That's a reminder once again to the listeners that you can participate in the program by sending us your SMS to the number 4791. Now, uh, doctor, there's an, uh, well, not doctor, there's an SMS here from 9828, and it says, alaikum. can I ask Sister Yasira to give me a call in regards to a 
a school, maar is refreshing mm-hmm. as regards to a school in Heisendal Kanala. It's about how to get police visibility off the school. Now, a very big shukran to the listener for that. Um, I'm sure that the listener then sends a follow-up SMS that says, shukran, my number is, and gives the number. We'll pass the number on to Yasira and ask Yasira to give that listener a call, inshallah. Then there's another SMS from 2396. Assalamu alaikum. Just a positive comment to what Yasira said. In the Mitchell's Plain, Cliffontaine area, we still have school nurses visiting schools during the basic assessments. But these nurses are only allocated three to the Mitchell's Plain area. Great program. Shukran. A very big shukran once again to all our listeners uh, for their contribution and participation to the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Now, there's another SMS from 2049. It says, Salaamu Alaikum. I think it would be great if they go around to schools. Not all parents can afford to pay seven to eight hundred rand to take their kids to a specialist. So these kids are overlooked and termed as disruptive in class. Now, Doctor, I think that's what you were just speaking about mm. early on, you know, the whole issue around the chatterbox mm. and uh, the, the, the educator almost saying that the child is being disruptive, mm. uh, but then the child might sit with either a hearing loss problem. But before I speak to Doctor, we want to welcome in studio with us um, Naima Bawa Muhammad. Uh, she is a, I'm not sure if she's both speech and language therapist, uh, but she'll give us a bit more on that. Let's greet Naima quickly and say welcome to our program here in studio. Uh, Naima, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran for coming in, Naima. I know we only scheduled you for after Isha, but uh, thinking was that we would like to have the program with you in studio as well as with Dr. Lalkan, so we do appreciate you coming in. A reminder to our listeners now, we have in studio with us Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist, as well as Naima Bawa Muhammad, who is a speech and language therapist. Uh, you can send us your comments or question to the SMS line 47913. Dr. Now let's go back to Dr. Quigley. I know one was the chatterbox. Then there was the issue about the strained look on the face that you spoke of, Dr. Mm, you can mm. continue? Yeah. Well, there's a whole list of behaviors that I think would be indicative of a hearing loss in the classroom. I've mentioned some just before the break. Um, but, you know, a learner, for example, who engages quite well one-to-one, but the minute you put him, put him into a group activity, then he tends to get lost because there's just too many sounds going on around him and he can't follow the conversation, he can't follow the discussion. So that's another indication of a learner that I think would require follow-up. Mm-hmm. But I think the point that the last um, listener has made, you know, and that is if indeed it is so necessary for all our children to be screened for hearing loss, how come it's not happening? And I think the big question is always, is it too expensive or is it something that can be done with minimum cost? And so I think just to welcome Nazima is just to ask maybe what is the minimum required to do a hearing test on a learner in the school? What would you say? Because the, uh, the listener seems to be arguing that they don't have money for an ENT specialist, mm. assuming that that is what is required. But surely there would be a way to screen for hearing loss in the classroom by a teacher? No, or, okay. yeah. So definitely things that they can look for is if um, anyone in the family suffers from a hearing loss, that's always a good point to look mm-hmm. at. If a child suffers from ear infections regularly, that's definitely mm. something the teacher needs to keep an eye on. Mm. 
um, if the child presents with any syndrome, so fetal alcohol syndrome, um, that's also when we'd like them to go and be seen. Does the child respond when being called? So if you call their name, if they look at you, um, if they pay attention, if there's a loud bang, for example, the door in the classroom closes, and if they don't respond, mm. that's something also to keep your eye on. Um, if the child suffered from TB or from meningitis, that's also a checkpoint. And then does the child speak very loudly? Mm. Um, that would also be uh, something to look at. And then something just, I know the schools have, they're starting to have these buses that go around. That's just been launched, I think, mm -hmm. last year, end of last year, yes, Sarah, maybe. And they are planning on having hearing screening as part of that as well. Of the program. Yeah. yeah. So that is the <coughs> so mobile service. The that, mobile, that yes, those mobile buses. Yeah. So then that service will hopefully be getting to more children. Absolutely. Okay, Doctor, this is before my attention again to the SMS line. There's an SMS from double one double nine. It says, Salam, my grandson is four years old. He cannot pronounce the R in a sentence. Will it have an effect when he goes to school? I don't know, Doctor, do you want to? Or, or maybe the speech well, language. R is very common for children not to pronounce properly, but we only usually look at it at about six years old for mm. them to have developed it. So four is still a bit early, um, but if it is a concern, she must just keep an eye on it. Okay, so if anybody below the age of six is Uncle Winawan and not Ridawan, then that shouldn't be a problem. But sure. if they get to the age of six, uh, then I should get worried. <laughs> okay. They should be worried. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, um, I, I think for me what is important is just the fact that you mentioned that there are certain very specific indicators yeah. that mm -hmm. teachers should know of every child mm -hmm. in their class. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just thinking whether the screening identification assessment and support the CS document has been implemented because it was argued that with that kind of screening right at the word mm -hmm. go, mm -hmm. you will mm -hmm. begin to identify the learner that, that requires that follow-up and mm -hmm. further assessment. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, shukran, Doc. On the cards now is we're looking at when do we deem the CS, you know, it has been signed, it's now official, you know, it's been gazetted, so when does this training take place? Um, hopefully during this course of the year still. However, my argument with the CS document was that um, in as much as, as educators can screen and they can make recommendations, etc. and so on, if you're looking at the CS document, then it needs to be a qualified occupational therapist looking mm. at perceptual development, which obviously goes in line with language development. Yeah. Um, and so my argument was that in as much as the recommendation is made um, by educators that when we look at a child and we're looking at a grade R child coming into the system, that I I am there, Naima's there, and Doc is there, and your your learning support mm -hmm. educators there. So when we when we sit and we consolidate, look, these are the areas of concerns. These mm -hmm. are the barriers to learning. Then obviously at that point we can then plan mm -hmm. appropriately. But. Um, for me and having an educator, you know, making that call, I, I wasn't okay with that for the mere mm. fact that we can decipher after mm. a formal test what is happening. Mm. So does it go to Naima or does it come to me for ADHD? Mm. Mm. And an educator... Oh, no, you can go just oh, wrap up your... And an educator to be burdened with that kind of decision-making process mm. in line mm. with all the mm. other things, you mm. know, I felt wasn't fair and would not be, you know, or do justice to both the child and the document as it stands. Mm. Shukran mm. for that, Yashir. On that note, we're going to go for a quick ad break, and when we come back, we'll continue with the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. From Cape Town, this is The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. 
Welcome back to the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Now we have about six minutes left before we break for the walk to Avisha, inshallah. So time has really, really, really gone by. Uh, fortunately for me, you know, I feel a bit, uh, I don't know even, I'm, I'm trying to find a word, Yasira, and you normally use a dictionary, but maybe you'll come up with a word. I'm surrounded by, to my left, Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist. Then opposite me, I've got my co-presenter, Yasira Adonis, occupational therapist. And then to my right, I have Naima Bawa Muhammad, who is a speech and language therapist. So I don't know where in this picture I fit in, but uh, let's see how it goes. Now, let me go. I know, doctor, that we wanted to chat about, you know, the whole issue around hearing loss, but we also have to look at our listeners and try and assist as far as possible. Now, there is an SMS here from one of our listeners from 0262, and it says, Assalamu alaikum to everyone in the studio. What happens to those parents that are in denial and refuses to cooperate with the teacher and refuses to go the extra mile and says that there is nothing wrong with the child? I'm going to start with doctor. Well, you know, there's just so much denial a parent can go through until the results reflect the true nature of the problem. Mm. And so for any teacher, I think, if the parents refuses to cooperate, it's just to wait for the examination results mm-hmm. to, to confirm mm. the... The, yeah. the concern that was raised initially with a parent. But I do understand, of course, that some parents need to be treated sensitively. Yeah. You need to have an enormous amount of patience with parents who find it difficult mm. to accept that their child has a problem. And so for those teachers who struggle with that, I mean, I would advise them to be consistent in the message that they convey to the parent to contain the emotions, to be patient in reflecting that information. And at the end of the day, I, I do believe that um, reason and logic will prevail, and when the results are presented to a parent, they will accept the results for what it is. Thank you, Shukran, for that, Doctor. I'm going to just acknowledge an SMS from 1875, and those are your last four digits. Uh, I'm not going to deal with that particular SMS now. Uh, we'll deal with the SMS after the Wakta Visha, inshallah. But I'm acknowledging that I received an SMS from 1875. Then there's an SMS from 3578, and this one is to Yasira and Naima Bawa, our speech and language therapist in studio. It says, Assalamu alaikum. My son is six years old and grommets inserted two months ago. He still mumbles when he speaks. His teacher wants him to go for occupational therapy, or must it be a speech therapist? The ENT says it is not necessary. Now, let's start with Yasira quickly. Shukran, Ridwan. I think, you know, when listeners send in um, messages and, and, and put on the table what has taken place, it's really difficult for us to give an appropriate response because we need to look at, you know, in context, why did they go for grommets, what has taken place before that. It's very contextual for us before we start treatment. Yeah. And, and Naima will verify that. But... Any child can only benefit from occupational therapy. But if you're looking at mumbling, an occupational therapist cannot teach how the language structure takes place, nor teach speech therapy. Well, you can't teach speech therapy, but the speech therapy will, will obviously teach the child, you know, how words are formulated and what language development is. Only when Naima says, look, he's got the baseline, will I come in and say, okay, look, now we need to consolidate these concepts and apply it to our development. And, you know, obviously when Mm -hmm. we're starting to go to school, how does these, um, and we call it emergent, you know, um, perceptual um, factors take place. So your your pre-writing skills, emergent reading, etc. and so on. And Naima would, would deal with that. Okay, let's get maybe just quickly an opinion from Naima quickly. Naima? 
No, definitely. I think a good point that Yasira is making is how we need to work hand in hand and the appropriate time for referral to each of the specialists. Mm. Um, I think with regards to the grommets, if he's still mumbling, it might be that he's just got poor oral tone and that would be something where the speech and language therapist would come in. So you'd look at, um, is his tongue movement sufficient? Is it not um, maybe weak musculature around the face? That kind of thing. Mm. Especially if the ENT is saying no, there's nothing mm. to be concerned about. Okay, let me leave it last to the doctor. We've got two yeah. minutes before we break. Doctor. Just for the benefit of the listeners, I think so many kids go for grommets and clearly based on this particular question, mm. parents are not sure what to expect as an outcome mm. when a child has had grommets. Mm. Mm-hmm. So what would uh, require a child to have grommets and what is the expected outcome that parents can have when grommets has been inserted? If the child has frequent ear infections, the ENT will definitely look at putting in grommets because what it does, it's a little draining tube that helps mm. with the draining. Yeah. Um, sure. And then what pa- they don't often tell parents is that the grommets do fall out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So they do need to sometimes have the grommets put in again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, the link between the, the speech and language and the grommets, because that's obviously what this parent is alluding to. She almost assumed that the grommets would, would take away, take away the, the mumbling sounds and so on. Is that, the, that kind of link? We must remember, if this is a child who has had recurrent ear infections, if you just close your ears, you couldn't see what the child has been hearing, and yeah. that already affects your speech. So there is a backlog in the child's development already, and putting in grommets isn't going to take away that backlog. Okay. Absolutely. And that's what we need to remember. Okay. okay, well, I'm going to say that there's an SMS here, and I'm going to agree with this particular SMS. It comes from 8431. It says, Assalamu alaikum. What a pleasure listening to your program. Mm-hmm. And this comes from a 72 year old. And then the 72 year old says, Shooks. Well, uh, I want to agree with the 72. It is a pleasure Well, being in the studio this evening. Uh, I'm surrounded by all these specialists, uh, and I'm hoping that when we leave, they don't identify that there's an assessment where I actually am in need of anything. Doctor, can I say the last word to Dr. Kili? Unless doctor's going to stay around? Or? Um, unfortunately, I can't, and okay. I'm just no happy man. to be here and see Nazima again after a long while. But before I, then I hope she's back in studio next, because I think this conversation about reeling loss should continue, I think, over another program, if it's possible. Yes, but unfortunately, I won't be able to join you for the rest of the okay, evening. Just a reminder then to our listeners, Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist, you can contact him on the number 021-637-6831. That is 021-637-6831. Dr. Shukran, very much. And we bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam to you, Ridwan, and to the rest of my